0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and H.R. Levine Studios.
1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Are you fired up for the
2: draft or what? A little football at five here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 15 days away, man.
3: It feels like it's happening. We're getting there. Been a, it's been a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> yeah, it's been a marathon. It's been a marathon. It's been an uh, ultra, it's been an Ironman.
2: You are right about that. Uh, no doubt about it. Let's get Steven in real quick. He's been hanging around. Uh, let's talk a little running backs. Which name is he going to share with us that we've never heard of? <laughs> That's always my question, <laughs> Steve. How deep in the, in the Daniel Jeremiah playbook did he go? <laughs> what you got for uh, us, Steven?
1: Very, very funny, guys. Love it. Uh, no, I was actually going to ask, like, uh, what do you guys think we should get? I mean, we have James Robinson. The only thing that he lacks is that second gear uh, of speed, even though he said he was going to work on it this offseason. But what do you see us potentially trying to go after? A traditional three-down back basically used as nothing more than a receiver or kind of like a jack-of-all-trades that we hit – with james robinson like you know third down back kenneth gainwell kylan hill uh uh, jamar jefferson at oregon state uh or you know try and get a jack of all trades like javante williams michael carter uh i know there's a couple more that i could probably try and name off the top of my head
2: yeah, uh, Stephen. Appreciate the call. I think what you're asking to is interesting here because we all believe they need some kind of change of pace back. I think at some point, right? Yeah. We've thrown out the Travis ETNs, uh, the Carters of the world, the uh, the Williams of the world up in North Carolina. Uh, those backs have have you know been part of the conversation between 25 and 45. And so, do you want to pick a running back there? Or do you go to the well where a lot of teams go to the well at running back, and that's like later in the draft, in the fifth round, in the sixth round, see mm-hmm. what you can find? I would think this organization might throw a little bit more toward later in the draft because of what they just did with James Robinson. and like, look what we just found with James Robinson. Why spend this kind of draft capital late first round, second yeah. round guy, when – we can find somebody else. Now, that's a little bit wishful thinking. You're not going to get the kind of player James Robinson is each and every year late in the draft or undrafted. Yeah. That's a bit lucky, right? Uh, but I would think it might set the trend of where you think you might go. And with all the picks that they have, I think I'd be surprised to see running back go between 25 and 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're talking more of a fourth, fifth, sixth-round play at a third-round running back type.
3: Yeah, to me, it's going to be that third-round, fourth-round type of pick. Because with James Robinson, it doesn't really matter who you bring in over James Robinson. Like, James Robinson has, in my opinion, cemented himself as the starter because he's that physical, that bruising type of running back. And that's the kind of guy that you want. Like, yeah, it's fun to hit the home runs and get those R touchdowns. Like, that's, that's a different type of game changer. But when we're talking about a, a physical team, a team that wants to win in the trenches, like I think this team is going to do – James Robinson can do that, where you keep pounding the rock, keep pounding the rock, and all of a sudden, it's the third and fourth quarter, and teams are wearing out. This is what makes the Tennessee Titans such a, a hard opponent to figure out, because they have Derrick Henry. You pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Oh, all of a sudden, they have A.J. Brown. Or, or, you know, they had Corey Davis last year, and all of a sudden, they open things up a little bit. That's what every player, in my opinion, wants to do. So when we look at that, you know, guys that stick out to me, obviously, uh Gainwell out of Memphis um, is a good pass catcher. Uh, that that Felton that we talked about a little mm-hmm. bit from UCLA. Yeah, could uh, play running who, back or receiver. Correct, who Daniel Jeremiah is a huge fan of. Um, You know, Chuba Hubbard's a guy that I've been singing his praises a long time now, where if, if he does indeed fall, which I'm not sure if he's going to, um, in terms of his speed running that 4-3 or whatever he ran uh, and his ball skills – that's what you want. You want the Thunder and Lightning combination. James Robinson, obviously Thunder. Now you just need your Lightning. And when you talk about your Lightning combination, well, you don't need 20 carries a game. All you need is maybe 10 to 12 carries, slash, you know, catches per game, and you got a combination for success. Chuba Hubbard seems more
2: like a, uh, more than a 7 to 10 snap guy a game player, though. He is that just be. based off his, his, his resume and because he was such a game breaker and and a big well, name on the collegiate level, yeah. but he's more of that guy in fit. You know what I mean? I no, wrestle with I that because you. I'm like, Wait, Juba Hubbard, that's a game we heard or, or heard all about. I mean he was fantastic. Uh, he's not gonna just you're not gonna take him somewhere late in the or middle of the draft and just play him so many snaps. You're gonna make him a key part of your offense, but mm. I think we gotta be careful of that, is my point. No,
3: you know? I, I thought that, like to me it reminds me of J. K. Dobbins. Now, if you want to build your offense around physicality, look no further than the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins out of college was a highly touted prospect, right? A guy that should come in right away and be that workhorse. Well, J.K. Dobbins goes to the Baltimore Ravens in the second round, I think pick number like 55, and he, he sat, basically. He sat behind Mark Ingram. He sat behind Gus Edwards, and every once in a while he'd be the third down back. Now he got a couple of receptions out of that. Last year he had a little bit of a breakout year, but they never asked J.K. Dobbins to go, above and beyond and say, you're a three-down back because we have the depth. The same thing for Chuba Hubbard. And I feel if you take J.K. Dobbins in the second round and kind of sit him as a third-down guy for a couple years, you can do the exact same thing in the fourth round or fifth round with Chuba Hubbard.
2: Yeah, so I think it's interesting where they will take uh, So are, you, are we on the same page here? We don't really think they'll go 25-33-45 running back. Maybe not even 65, but let's live 25-33-45. Unlikely, unless a player like ETN were... Sort to slip, or to, something like that, um, and you get me, a whole bunch of guys. To the only guy would be ETN. Um, I think ETN Ma- would Matt excite me. I know he doesn't excite everybody else, but ETN yeah. would excite me. It's not the Clemson package here, okay? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not blinded by that. I think ETN, in the second round, again. I don't think they're going here at 25. I told you yesterday, I don't think they're going receiver at 25 either. Yeah. So I'm starting to lose offensive players, even though I initially thought maybe that's the way to go, yeah, because yeah. they can go with so many different positions. I'd be stunned if they went running back at 25. Yeah. Uh, but... And even 33, I'm thinking more of a 45 play Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, That would be the highest for me, but that's if somebody were to drop and you see tremendous value, in my opinion. Otherwise, I really feel like again, give me a pile of money. Where am I going to put it? I'm going to stay in the middle rounds, four, fifth, sixth, toward the late rounds. That's where the low address uh, quarter running backs.
3: Yeah, I think Etn's the only guy where if he drops, you could make a move at him in the the second round. Um, But with with Najee Harris, you know, there's because it's kind of so right now. Najee Harris, I saw on Vegas odds is the favorite to go first. Yes, that that makes running back, which makes sense. Some some as high as like 18. Correct, correct, but. If he was to even fall, too, I don't see the Jaguars pulling the trigger on him. And listen, he might be the next reincarnation of Derrick Henry, for all we know. But when you have a guy like James Robinson, it's hard to co-sign and say, let's bring in Najee Harris, too.
2: Well, I we know he's going to be the number one pick. Hey, Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. You got the next couple weeks, no purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAA a bank.com slash meet the pick. Let's go to the lines right now. We get in uh, South beach. Gary here at uh, five o'clock on a Wednesday. What's happening, man.
0: Good afternoon, guys. Three things, please. And I'll try to be quick. First of all, uh, you're talking about Tebow and, and Trevor, but I think the big, the, the big difference was though, Tebow was a lot more vocal in his faith. And, uh, so that, for that reason, he was more polarizing because, People that didn't like Tebow as a quarterback they were like oh he's such a great guy you're attacking him his faith is Christianity whereas you you couldn't really uh criticize the guy people were saying oh you you like you were attacking Christianity if you criticized him as a football player so that made him more polarizing I think I'm not saying he, he's more faith than Trevor but he's more vocal he was much more vocal about it coming out of college yeah uh, something
2: yeah I had a, I I, I get what you're saying in the context of what you're saying. Yeah, he became polarizing, yes, uh, through some of that, absolutely. And and I think locally became more polarizing because there was such this adoration for Tim Tebow that some people, I would say probably like a younger population, didn't want to fall in love as way as everybody else was. Uh, even though, you know, yeah, it's me, I think Tebow should be celebrated for, for what he did, what he has done, what he continues to do.
0: Right, and I wouldn't mind Vera Tucker at 18 if you get a little more sand in your sand in his pants. <laughs> I know, Austin. Know. I, I, I had to get that Shaking phrase. Shaking my ball. head right now, man. Shaking <laughs> my head right now. Hey, listen, nothing it, it, like
2: a guy named South Beach Gary talking about a little more sand in the pants.
0: Shaking my head right <laughs> I, now. I, I love that. I love that phrase, too, Brent. <laughs> and uh Austin. What about the thought of maybe the Jags moving down, still staying in the first round, you know, picking, picking maybe some extra picks, you know, moving down to 28 or 29. And I know you like Maureen, but what the, I don't think he's that much better player than Grant from UCF. What about taking either an edge rusher or, or, or a playmaker there, there in the first round and get Grant in the second round?
2: Thanks, South right. I Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, somebody asked me this today too, and I, while you chew on nope. that for a moment, somebody asked about trading down. I mean, there's not a lot of spots to trade down. By the way, in yeah. the first round, you go, you're at 25, so there's a couple. Yeah. And then this person on Twitter asked me trade out of the first round. My take on this is, listen, we've had this accumulation of picks for the last two years. Mm. You know, you got 23 picks over two seasons. You're going to get more picks next year, and your normal allotment, and that's if you don't make any other trades and all that stuff, but you had you just signed 12 free agents. You yeah. have a bunch of money next year to add more free agents. You already have a young football team. I'd rather go get stud players and move up and mm-hmm. trade away some of the picks than I would trade back in this instance, and I'm not opposed to trading back. I get the, the, the theory in that. I would just rather them. T- I'd get way more excited about this draft if they target somebody at 17 and they see them available still, and they say, you know what, we're going to go up and get that guy. Yes. I feel better about that than trading back and having an extra second round pick.
3: No, that's exactly how I feel about it as well. And, and I understand what South Beach Gary is saying, where it's like, okay, we can go ahead, and you know, we're not going to fix this in one day, are we? We're it's take some time, and I understand that, but. You had draft capital last year. There's only so much draft capital that you can have. There's only so many roster spots to fill. And I agree with you, Brent. If if I'm going to make a move, I'm trading up. I'm going to use some of that capital um, to get the guys that I want because there's only so many spots. Now, you know, to, to answer the question of do you trade back for Richie Grant as opposed to going after Merrick, in my opinion, no, you do not do that. And, and once again, I echoed the point where I, I don't need any more capital. I need playmakers that can come in and make a difference. And I think with Merrick, I think he's the unequivocally number one um, safety in this draft class. I think Richie Grant. You can make an argument. It's either him or or that cat from uh, Oregon. You know. And when we talk about both of those guys, there are a couple pros and cons. You know, the, the con for Richie Grant, I would say uh, some scouts want to kind of go after his athleticism a little bit and his ability to handle one on one coverage. Um Merrick, on the other side, you know. Uh, a little more athletic, um, can do a lot of different things. And, and I've watched a lot of film on him. It looks like he's not afraid to take on a tight end, the guy in the slot. And in a 3-4 defense, that's what you need. I'm always reminded of Eric Berry, what he brought to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the defense in terms of either free safety or strong safety. But he was the jack of all trades. And when, when they played the, the Patriots, he was covering Grock, right? When, when you're playing a, a team with one receiver, sometimes he would either double team that guy or he'd take a man to man. That's the type of safety that you need. And I think out of all these guys, Merrick could possibly be that guy more than anybody else.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it makes some sense. The one other thing I'll add to this real quick on the trading back. What I have a hard time like just coming on board with is I don't know how they value picks 25 to say 45 or 50. Mm-hmm. You know? Like if there's a ton of depth there and you think you can get a similar type of player at 25 and 28, or you can get you think there's a bunch of good players at in that uh, window Mm -hmm. of opportunity, then add another pick at 36 to to go along with 33 and 45, then maybe it makes sense. You know, maybe it makes some sense. So it's a tough thing to answer. I'm just telling you from a principle standpoint, philosophy standpoint, uh, looking at this team the last couple of years and going forward, (laughs) they've had a bunch of picks. Now you got to see if the picks turn out. Okay. But I'm talking about going to get studs. Mm -hmm. There's not, there's plenty of picks. Mm -hmm. There's not enough studs. Mm -hmm. The better, you have a better chance of getting a stud the higher you pick, yep. all right? That's just the way it works. Yep. And so if I can get back up in the top 20, I'm willing to give up a couple of picks to yeah. go get the guy I covet Uh in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh Once again, it, it really changes on how they evaluate their board, uh, which certainly – is logical. We just don't know what that border looks like uh, right now. It is time for the Florida Sportsman Fishing Report on another beautiful day here in Northeast Florida. Rick Riles joins us each and every day on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Rick, what's happened? We learned a lot about worms yesterday.
1: Well, you know, you got to have a good Palua worm hatch every now
0: and
1: then. <laughs> and we've, we've got one going, and you guys, wow, hadn't been for me, you guys would have slept right through it. I mean, just yeah. the room for a minute will you but i uh, talked talked with david boris and he said it was the new moon uh this oftentimes happens on the new moon in april and should happen again on the full moon now it's not a real boom to fishing the redfish gets stuffed full of these worms and it gets them hard it gets it harder for them to eat but uh it seems like this year they've been pretty cooperative in spite of the fact that they can gulp worms just by swimming through the water there's so many of them in the intercoastal waterway red fishing remained good today our fishing was very good yesterday and stands to get much better now here's the reason why we've got a calm weekend coming up particularly it's going to be beautiful and we've got a southeast wind well we've had reports of a lot of mahi and a lot of Tuna on the other side of the Gulf Stream, the east side, in this southeast wind will actually push those fish across the 60 mile Gulf Stream to where our boats can more easily reach them. So I'll be surprised if this weekend's not real good. Probably going to keep most of the boats home tomorrow because it's going to be pretty sloppy, but then it lays down on Friday, and Saturday and Sunday right now look like bonus time to be offshore. I think it's going to be outstanding. But one thing you can count on, we'll be back tomorrow to check on it with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thank you, Brent.
2: Thanks, Rick Riles. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Looks like it's shaping up for a good weekend on the water. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. No better time than the 5 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday to hit the happy hour horn as well. Hey!
0: And every drop of Vida de Luis tequila, 100% blue
2: agave from Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. It's a celebration. All right, go check out VidaDeLouie.com where you can pick up a bottle of Vida de Luis tequila, Reposado and Yeo Blanco, taste of the islands in every drop, locally owned in Jack's Beach, Imported from Tequila, Mexico, com for your Vita de Louis tequila. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will go over this seven round mock draft. Three Ohio State players. I think that's a little much, okay? <laughs> I think we did a question like a few weeks ago. Yeah. It said, Will Urban where would you put money? The field or Ohio State? Where Urban Meyer will draft a player. From Ohio State. Not undrafted free agent, because I think he certainly could sign one of them. But will he draft? That'd be a nice little prop bet I in this draft. I I, I That'd be a great one. Yep. Well, Dane Brugler says, how about three of them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we'll check out that mock draft. Austin hasn't seen it yet. You probably haven't seen it yet, either. We'll tell you who it is in a seven-round mock draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's on the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6.9. Austin Lane. Are we... St- I'm right
1: now. Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brett
2: Martineau. Yeah, you gotta go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks, You're welcome. Um. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, Brett Martineau, Austin Lance, Steven in for Coos. Coos is off to the wedding. Steven's with us for the next couple days.
3: Appreciate that. Does the signing go down is it Friday the signing happens?
2: When, I think it when, becomes When's when, official when the big signing
3: Friday yeah yeah
2: Okay. That's a signing day. <laughs> signing
3: day. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. kind of is. It. The original signing, signing day. day. You better believe it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was a best man at uh, one Just of my... don't end up in the transfer portal. <laughs> no, don't do it. You want to know that. You do not want to do that. Um, so when I played for the Bears, I was a uh, best man at one of my friends' weddings, and I had to sign the marriage like, certificate. And obviously, being in Wisconsin, uh, they're all diehard Packers fans, so like, I actually signed the marriage certificate, A-Lane... 73 Go bears bear down <laughs> and put the hashtag bear Down on the marriage license um and, and you can't change that like once you sign the marriage license it's it, that's what it is it's good to go so uh yeah needless Did to say, you get people, scolded? Uh, he didn't care I think the bride um, it left a little more than to be desired let's just say yeah she wasn't <laughs> impressed but what are you gonna do man just boys being boys nothing wrong with that yeah
2: all right uh, we have a big time Mock draft from Dane Brugler from The Athletic. We should almost shocked it, but yeah, let's get it. Yeah, we could down the road. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one, not shocking. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, by the way. Trey Lance to the Falcons. Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins. Penny Sewell to the Lions. Those are the first seven picks. Justin Fields ends up number nine mm-hmm. uh, to the Broncos. Um, Broncos have been quiet on the quarterback front, surprisingly. Don't you think? A little shocking with Drew Locke, yep. Yeah. Uh, at number 25, we've got some... Diversity here. Okay. In mock drafts. Get me with it.
3: How about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss? I've heard the name come up a little bit. That's pretty high, I feel like, for twenty five. Four three five forty yard yep. dash six six seven three cone drill. Mm. That's all he said. Would oh, that excite that a, you? The cone drill or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore.
2: He says, if Lawrence and Moore reach their full potential, Jackson will be talking about this first-round haul for a long time.
3: I mean, I I, I do like the talent coming out of Ole Miss at the wide receiver position. So far, so good for them. Um, But I'll be honest, it doesn't. Bring home the bacon for me, let's just say.
2: How about this, then? 33 for a Brugler. He says uh, Trevon Merrick getting him at
3: 33. I mean, if you get him at 33, then so be it. Take whoever you want at 25.
2: Yeah. That's a big if, though. That'd be a nice get, right? Yes. Uh, there's a run on uh, running backs right after that. Falcons a- go ETN. Dolphins go jo- Javante Williams. What were his
3: thoughts about Merrick?
2: I uh, didn't in the second round. He didn't
3: oh. do descriptions. Milked it in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 45. Yep. Pat Friermuth.
2: Okay. Red Sox fan. Fryermuth yep. fun fact. Red Sox won again today. Eight in a row, by the way. Mm. Uh, then we go to what pick 65, Josh Myers, Ohio state guard slash center. I've seen this guy in our shock, your mock talked about him. Uh, so an offensive lineman at 65, I don't hate the offensive lineman at 65.
3: Yeah, but I think he's primarily a center with a little guard experience. If I, if I remember correctly, but that, does that potentially
2: put you into the moving on from Brandon Linder at some point? I mean, he's, but he's, he's got now, what, still got two years, doesn't he? Yeah, my guess is they could get out of the contract if they but want. But wait, hey, 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 but, but hey where's the fire? If he can't fire? play guard, AJ, can. I don't know if
3: uh, Norville will be here next year. Where's the fire on Brandon Linder all of a sudden? He's still to dependable center.
2: At... We...
3: Okay.
2: At 65, I don't mind the offensive lineman. I don't like the offensive lineman at 25 or 33 or sure. 45.
3: sure. Are you going to take the same kind of energy to the ESPN mock draft that we got to do? Where both our names are going to be on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Take, it won't give, be an give, offensive lineman. That 25. Same energy. Oh, you, I swear, if you take an offensive lineman <laughs> number, and his name's not Pennel Sewell, I'm walking off the show.
2: It's just telling you right now. I'm going Travon Diggs. I bet you do. I bet you do, playboy. Boy, bet you do. All right, let's make sure. Jags have so many picks, I don't want to skip over any of them. 106, round four, this would be Pete Werner, linebacker, Ohio State.
3: Okay, we looked into Ohio him States. a little bit. So yep. there you
2: go, back-to-back back Ohio States. Okay, yeah, and
3: that's a linebacker. <laughs> I feel like this guy just got born. like, all right, I don't know who's Ohio well, State guy coming out. Uh, but what's I interesting mean, here
2: in this draft in the fourth round, Kyle Trask is a fourth round guy here. Wow, interestingly enough, uh, Hunter Long, by the way, one twenty six to the Titans in Brugler. <sighs> yeah. Why is that significant? Because Mel Kuyper had him at forty five. Is there that much discrepancy on Hunter Long? There's Some discrepancy. I mean, wow! Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's that's big time discrepancy. Jacksonville Jaguars at one thirty take Bobby Brown, the third defensive tackle out of Texas A and M. Yep. So a little bit of need right there, right on, yeah. on the front. Yeah. Yeah, you got at one thirty, sure. Uh Jaguars in round five, another Buckeye, Sean Wade. Now here's the thing: if you get Sean Wade in the fifth round. I look at that as tremendous value. That's what we
3: call value, everybody.
2: Yep. I mean, just based off last year, I mean, this guy was a top 15 pick projected mm-hmm. before last football season started. Yeah. Like, I understand he didn't have a good year, but
3: were people that wrong in projecting what he was and he's dropped this much? Talk about Austin Land draft status all of a sudden. Mm.
2: 145, Sean Wade at the corner position. That one makes some sense to me, again, if there's value. But that would be three Buckeyes
3: off the board. I mean, we're going a little bit this, Buckeye I mean, heavy I, I, here. I mean, listen, this, this guy is trying to do his best right I now. I know. He's I trying know. to draft literally 200 and whatever picks it Yeah, It's a lot to the do. The
2: positions make sense. I just don't see three Buckeyes almost yeah. in succession. I don't think he even noticed picked. that. But yeah. uh, Jonathan Cooper, edge, 170 ohio state that's number four so, i missed wait. this one earlier when i went we, over this we just
3: went back to back to back ohio we had four out of five picks be buckeyes yeah <laughs> what's this what's this dude's name <laughs> hey, brugler's good he puts
2: a lot yeah, of work okay. in but yeah, yeah, listen what he's, he does say defend something right day. here in a draft cycle like this with limited one-on-one interaction it wouldn't be a surprise if meyer relies on his columbus roots cooper
3: is the fourth buckeye draft by the jaguars in this scenario
2: so it's not like he he lost track.
3: Yeah, but can, that's the philosophy. Then take a bunch of Alabama Alabama Crimson Tide players because they won the national championship, Brent. You know, like if you're going to load up on a team, then load up on Alabama, though.
2: Interestingly enough, in this uh, round as well, to Murray and Terry goes 176 to the Bucks. uh Chuba Hubbard to the 49ers at 172. Oh, he was there. And Trevon Grimes from Florida, 179 to the Cowboys uh, in this mock draft in round five. Now we go to round six, and uh, do the Jaguars have a six-round pick anymore? don't think they do. Uh, then we go to round seven, and the Jaguars have – Punter, Ohio State. <laughs> Alaric Jackson from uh, Iowa, an offensive tackle. Okay. Nobody will say boo about that if they try sure. to pick up an offensive line in the seventh round, but that doesn't usually pay off, I don't think. Um So there you go. The story there is four Buckeyes. They get linebacker, a couple offensive (laughs) linemen. They get a defensive tackle. They go uh, Mm Merrick receiver with Elijah Moore, which is the different pick in there. Friermuth tight end. So they address some needs Mm -hmm. in, in that scenario. Pretty wild. There's no way they're picking four Buckeyes. Like I'll. I just hesitate to bet my house because that hasn't worked out well for me. You, you've lost two houses so but far, maybe sir. maybe I'll just bet the fire pit.
3: Oof. You, you want to lose that too? Um I'm gonna be honest, and once again, it's never gonna happen. But if they were to ask me to to go read the, you know, like the draft stuff, and you know, like do like what Scoby did before in yeah. Easter, I mean, I'm not that prestigious. But if they were, like, I'm reading like the fifth round pick, and it's the fourth Ohio State guy in a row, I'm not reading it. I'm <laughs> be like, and you're just, I'm like, they, seriously, I'm like, Ser- nah, uh, uh-uh. uh and I'm throwing the card and I'm walking off. We're not, we're not doing this today, guys. Sorry, Urban. I throw the card. <laughs> you should just not say
2: his college name and go to his high school.
3: <laughs> yeah, say his high school man. He's no, out no, out of, no uh, uh, I'm, I'm throwing the card. Got Hannah Lake in high school. I'm I'm throwing the card. I'm storming out. I'm going to come back on the mic, say, watch ESPN 690, and then I'm walking off. <laughs> Thank you for getting the plug for in before plug, you do you that. You not got to do that plug
2: in. If the Jags go, obviously QB, if they went wide receiver, safety, tight end, I think in some order in the first four picks, Yeah, I think people would like that, right? Safety, sure. tight end, and then wide receiver doesn't hurt in the second round. I've had a lot of success doing that. Mm-hmm. What would you feel left out? You'd feel defensive tackle and edge. Correct. Right? Yes. That would be... That's really the, the spot. You, you almost feel like you need a tight end in the top 45 picks. Well, listen, uh, to, to me, you either need Frymuth or, or Jordan, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So people, I think people are going to be disappointed if by the end of round two, the Jags don't have a tight end. Yes. Right? Yes. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, and I think safety while in play, if they don't get Merrig, that leaves a guy like Richie Grant. but. It doesn't mean they're going to pick one up at 33 or 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could just kind of not address the safety until the middle rounds of the draft. I wouldn't be stunned to not see safety pick because somebody else went and got Merrig or something like that. Uh, I guess I would be a bit surprised if tight end, safety, edge, defensive tackle, like three out of those four are not no, part of the first four. four.
3: They're, they're, they're going to have to be. They absolutely have to because I think Urban might three or, out of the. I'd say two
2: out of those four because you could easily not pick edge
3: or see, defensive
2: tackle or yeah, safety.
3: But I'll be surprised if defensive tackle or edge aren't addressed there because I mean Urban might have even said it himself like you got to start with the trenches and work your way back. Now if you want to see the trenches on the offensive side, of the ball, the offensive line, like you're not you're not nervous about it. And, yes, the defensive line, you brought in a new, a lot of new bodies and stuff like that. But still, you, you can always use depth because you rotate guys in and out. And I think Urban Meyer gets that. And obviously with Joe Collin, too, I mean, Joe Collin's going to have his guys that he wants. So I, I would be very surprised if they don't adjust the edge or defensive tackle in the first three or four rounds.
2: Yeah, and, again, I will give you the three or four in 65, 106. That brings those into play. I would then agree with you. I just wonder with the. 25 33 45 you can't address it all and so if somebody falls in your lap of high value that's where a receiver or running back could potentially come into play even though it might not be an extreme target Mm -hmm. uh safety edge defensive tackle could be more of a target in terms of need but best player available then comes into play at 33 45 even 25 and so i could see the jags landing on a receiver or, or landing even on a, an ETN that slipped or somebody that they like uh, in the backfield. I wouldn't be stunned. I think the stunner would be if they don't end up with tight end somewhere in those that, those first four picks, uh, I think, because there's such a drop-off, it feels like, uh, unless they're going to make a move back into the second round or they feel like somebody's going to be there at well, 65 that they they still could covet. Uh, but you just saw it. You go Mel Kuiper 45, you go... Uh, uh Dane Brugler, who just had, I think, uh, Hunter Long was at like 126. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a wide gap. Mm-hmm. That's a wide gap that shows
3: you about the tight end position, how people feel about it. Let me ask you this. What do you think during the draft the Eagles would be asking for Zach Ertz? Like, what what round would they be asking for Zach Ertz? Third?
2: <sighs> that's a good question, man. I don't have a great feel for that because I would say less I would say less than a third because they the know fourth? they wants out. Like I mean, you lose a lot of bargaining power.
3: So fourth, maybe. How about this? Would you do Gardner Minshew for uh, Zach Ertz? That's not. I mean, yeah, duh, yes, but I don't think that's going to happen because you already have Jalen Hurts. Like you don't need. I mean, well, I know everybody's yeah, but, got a quarterback right yeah, now. Yeah, but you're going to trade a backup quarterback for a starting tight end, and, 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 and Sorry, a starting tight end doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but still a starting tight end. I mean, that's like saying with Orlando Brown, like, what he doesn't want to play right tackle, but guess what? You didn't get what you want for Orlando Brown, so you're playing right tackle. Yeah. You know, like, that's just the way it is, dude. Um, Okay, so let's say this scenario. Let's say you lose out on Frymuth and Jordan. Panic mode now. We're in the third or fourth round. Could it be possible that Urban Meyer and Balky, you know, pull, pull off the miracle and say, all right, we're in the third round. Tight end options are gone. Hunter Long, yeah, not sold on him quite yet, trade for Zach Ertz. Can you see that being a possibility? Because I'll be honest with you right now, where I sit, Brent. Excluding Kyle Pitts, because once again, that's just fool's gold, in my opinion right now. It makes me a little nervous when we're talking about either Brevin Jordan or Pat Frymuth. Those are two guys out of 32 teams. It makes me a little nervous to say, are we sure they're going to be there when Jackson wants to pick them? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like that's, I'm a little nervous about that. Do you think that Zach Ertz in the third round or fourth round could be the fail-safe? I would be
2: surprised if the Jags got to the actual draft day and didn't already make that move. Mm. So I think that looks desperate, and I'd be surprised if it's on draft day that they didn't get who they wanted. Now, there is time in between, to your point. Mm -hmm. There is the first round. Okay, well, you're not probably going to get tight end at 25. You're not. But there's that second and third round window on Friday, which then says, okay, we didn't get anybody. Let's Mm reevaluate. So, to your point, it's more plausible the way the draft draft is set up now, where you sleep on it Friday night, and you're like, you know what? I just don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about what's left. We got a guy in Zach Ertz. Let's go make a move for him. Yeah. You know? Let's go do something. So, I don't think – I'd be surprised, I think, if they want Zach Ertz they'll go make a play for him in the next couple weeks before the draft.
3: Interesting. You know, because I
2: think they want to know what they have in front of them, rather than feel the desperate nature of, we need to go get somebody. Because most likely that's going to cost you more.
3: But that's what I'm saying, though, in terms of the fail-safe. Like, you know, there's a fail-safe put in place where if you miss out on Frymuth and Jordan, because whatever happens in the draft, it's always crazy. It's an option. But but you don't think there's a fail-safe in place where it's like, okay, we missed out on these guys, time to go to plan B or plan C and have Ertz in the third round, let's make that pick and make that trade.
2: I think it's possible. I think that's the dangerous way to go because I believe it will be more costly. Okay. Uh if you want if you if you feel like Ertz is a fail safe, why not just grab
3: him now? Well because to me he's like the last resort. Yeah. Because like you'd rather have Fry, Muth or Jordan but you lose out on him and now you got, you know, you essentially don't really have a tight end going in this year except the dude from Carolina. It, it could happen. I just don't feel like and and maybe I'm missing the boat. I'll have to go
2: back and look at this, okay? But the feel right now for me is I just don't feel like we see a lot of players moved during the draft. We see picks traded. But I don't feel like we I mean, see once in a while there's more players, players. I, yeah probably yeah. I, I'm probably missing I mean, that. I mean I was boat.
3: I was drafted because a player got moved in, in the trade. You were yeah. What was it? Uh, Quentin Groves may rest in peace. But Quentin Groves went to Oakland then.
0: And that was I, part of that deal. That was part of the
3: deal.
2: Well, son of a gun!
3: I didn't realize that.
2: There you go. I wonder how often it does. I just don't feel like players get moved a bunch. Like I feel like every NBA player gets moved on draft night. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I don't feel sure. like that happens as much in the NFL, but maybe I'm mistaken on that. Yeah. I don't have a good feel for it. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll put a bow on the show. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back. I'm going to have to go with D. Smith. He's proven, you know, I think everyone's questioning your side, um, but that doesn't matter when you play the game that you love and you can play it at that level. Um, so, I want to see. I mean, he's probably the, the number one race for the best receiver coming out of this game. I know they, you know, the kid from LSU, they talked about him, but um, Dee Smith is my number one pick. I mean, the guy to win the Hawks, and now he's just got to prove that he can play at the next level and play it well. I don't know who that is, uh, but to talk about Devontae Smith. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is that Donald Driver? I guess so. Former yeah. Packer? Yeah. Is he legendary. doing some analytics stuff? I, I no, mean, analysis work, or is no he just a guest like, somewhere? Probably somebody said that. I have no uh, idea, man. I haven't seen him doing much from an analysis standpoint. No. Maybe he is.
3: Well, he was doing stuff with the with the
2: Packers. Just kind of. Oh, like, he was doing uh, stuff with the yeah, team. Yeah, I don't know. He's cool. kind of he's legendary up there, oh,
3: right? Dude, his, his whole story. I mean, the guy used so, like growing up, he lived in a U-Haul. Yeah, yeah. Very it's very funny, humble like, beginnings.
2: I, I think he's like probably my gut, my feel is he's legendary up there. But I think overall, like his. His name, the, no, as good as no, he was, doesn't yeah. transcend Green no, he Bay. A, you know he, what I mean?
3: He was a fantastic receiver, but like, if you're talking about like a household name, it's not going to correlate to yeah. every single. Interestingly state. enough, I mean, yeah. but he's huge there. I no, mean, for sure. I mean, and, and every team mind, has that. But. Yeah, and and he's a little before fantasy football. I feel That's like too. So yeah. yeah.
2: No, I agree with you. Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're 15 days away from the draft. Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. That's through April ninth, 2021. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. It's been a big week here. We've got two weeks to go until the NFL draft. Of course, we announced earlier this week uh, we are the broadcast partner of the Jacksonville Jumbo Trip. That was fun earlier in the week. Those games get going on May 4th. So exciting couple of weeks coming up uh, here on ESPN 690, but also uh, here in the city. We will have unprecedented draft coverage. On April 29th, really 24 hours worth. Stuart Weber's going to be up in Cleveland. We'll be at the stadium. We'll have people all over the place. Mm-hmm. We're going 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. on uh, TV with specials. That's outside of our normal newscasts on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Essentially, we're morning all the way through midnight uh, live on TV uh, for the most part around this draft. And we'll have our show right here, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. down at the stadium as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. So really looking forward to a. Uh, a big-time night, one like we've never had in Jacksonville before with the number one overall pick, a franchise-changing quarterback. We talked about that a lot on the show today. If you missed it, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast. We talked about the Sports Illustrated article right at the top of the show uh, as it pertains to Trevor Lawrence, and uh, it's a big deal, folks. Before we leave today, news just in uh, from the NCAA. They will allow mm-hmm. transfers. Let me make sure I had this right. They won't have to sit out the season. Starting next year, major college football and basketball players will be permitted to transfer one time before graduating without being required to sit out a year of competition. The NCAA Division One Council voted Wednesday to change the longstanding rule that has often deterred players in high-profile sports from switching schools. Folks, we have free agency. Hmm. We yeah. have free agency in college basketball and football. It's kind of trended this way with the portal and with... COVID and with graduation yeah. uh, and the, be able to move anyway. I mean, the Florida Gator basketball team has rebuilt their entire roster based on transfers. Yep. And now it's going to – do you like this overall or no? <sighs>
3: the one question. Can you trade it with – I mentioned this during the break – in conference. Can you go to a school in conference? It's a good question, and I still haven't found out the answer to that. <laughs> okay, because, you know, I mean, that could be a competitive advantage, though. Where if you're – because usually the way I was put in places where you actually lost a year if you go within conference because that way, you know, you go to a different conference rival or whatever, a division rival, and then you kind of, you know, spill the details and everything, and now it's a competitive advantage. Um, am I a fan of it? It's just the world that we live in now, Brent. You know, um, the competitor in me want, would say, stick it out, right? We would say, come on, man, like – at least we had to set a year out like there was a little a little voice saying well do you really want to transfer out here because you have to sit out like you know because it's kind of an inconvenience you take the inconvenience away and now it's going to be the wild west in my opinion it's going to be a free-for-all which i think is going to happen on the horizon here but i understand that's the way things are students have their best ability to succeed it is what it is i'm not against it i'm not for it either i guess i'm kind of on the fence you would say
2: yeah i can't find an answer about conferences i think this is I don't think the conference is going to have a say. I think it's going to be across the NCAA. So I think conference the
3: conference doesn't matter. Okay. Because the, the, I'm saying that, that could be a, a giant competitive advantage if you go within the conference.
2: Well, it's going to really change things. And yeah. what does it open the door? Um, does it open the door for more tampering, if you will? Yeah. Does it open the door for – I can tell you this. I know teams – just take the lower levels, take the A sun teams when you have a really good player, those teams come calling man. they try to pull you away from that school, especially if you're about to graduate mm-hmm. That's happened it that happens that's what that's what goes on here's the thing i don't I think it could be the wild wild West. I'm all for trying this out. I think there has been way too much power for coaches. I think coaches in these sports offer 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 promise, promise, promise and Sometimes they deliver, but sometimes they don't. You're asking 16-year-old kids to make a decision, sometimes 15-year-old kids, to make a decision when they're sophomores in high school. Heck, my kids are turning 16 tomorrow. I know they couldn't handle some of the decisions these guys have to make, these Mm -hmm. kids have to make, with all the pressures on them. And they're probably more mature than my kids just because of all the stuff they've been through. But still, that's a hard, hard thing. And then you've got them. Mm -hmm. And then – you got to sit out if you want to go somewhere else, even though we didn't treat you right, mm-hmm. even though we promised you something and we didn't deliver. I, I just always give the Georgia example, and listen, I know it's about winning, but they got five-star after five-star after five-star in Jacob Easton, Jacob Fromm, Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, and they promised each kid he was going to be the Heisman Trophy, the starting quarterback, and a chance to win a national title. And and you're going to say, well, because you, you, you love the school, you're going to be like, well, afraid of competition. Ah, they promised him something they couldn't deliver, and they promised the next kid because they're trying to get better. That's their job. Well, then give the kid the opportunity to say, "Listen, that kid beat me out, or you didn't d- deliver on what you promised me, and I'm going to go somewhere else now." Yeah. And they shouldn't be penalized for that. I like that the student athlete gets a little bit of power here. Uh, I might regret that down the road, but yeah. I like that we're trying that. The student athlete doesn't have a lot of power, especially in big time Division One sports.
3: Yeah, it's just the fact of does it get drunk with power, right? Like it could. does it become a sideshow?
2: And, I, I and no what idea. spurns out of it? Yeah. How much feels dirty, yes. right? How much? I'm a little concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, do other kids get screwed out of that, right? Yeah. My kid's going to X school, feels like he's in a place or she's in a place, and then all of a sudden you got this big stud coming in, doesn't even have to sit out,
3: comes takes their job, right? No, No road is perfect in this thing. It's just it's the power of the greater good, and is it for the greater good? I think it will be. Hopefully.
2: Maybe I'm just optimistic. I like it at face value. We've got to run more way late. Stephen, nice job today. Uh, we'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30, live local loud, coming up next on ESPN
3: 6.9. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgrainger.com, or just
1: stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.